you were about to enter. Chuck versus the podcast. The place for people who love Chuck and the people who work on Chuck. Hi, my name is Graham Jones, but you can call me Gray. This is my show. It's about Chuck. It's filled with interviews, the latest news, crazy co-hosts, and spoilers that'll make your day. Oh, wait, wait, I need to go back. I host these TV nights. They used to be pretty boring, but everything changed when I found NBC's new show, Chuck. Pretty soon, my TV night got pretty crowded. Guys I didn't even know were showing up the door. Big important guys. Really scary, nasty, get killed for hosting them guys. Next thing I know, these super episodes are downloaded into my brain. Which means every moment of my life, I'm thinking about Chuck. ChuckTV.net sent their top people to protect me. That's Mel and Liz. They're pretty zany. They co-host with me now as a cover. So now I must welcome you to Chuck vs. the Podcast. The first and only podcast for NBC's Chuck. And we got hold of almost all of the cast and many of the creative team, and all of them were very excited about the fan campaign and eager to share. Let's have a listen. It's been a long road, paved with rumors, but we officially got the announcement today from NBC that we will get a third season of Chuck. I'm going to be going to Los Angeles um, literally today, the day that the podcast is released, for two whole weeks, and I'm going to be meeting with a whole pile of people. So, first of all, Zach, I want to wish you a very happy birthday. Thank you very much. Happy birthday. Ah, thanks, buddy. Ah. It's my golden birthday. It's the, uh, I'm 29 on the 29th. So, are you doing anything special? I'm here. <laughs> but that's special. Yeah. That's special. It's a great job. I get to work with great people. Yeah. Where are they? Yeah, I don't know. I was like, so and so. Meet in the middle. <laughs> great, great to uh, finally meet you guys. Yeah. Give me up. Get in here. Right in the middle. We're going to wait. <laughs> no, right here. Stand right here and look okay. at your camera. Yeah. Is it on? Is it, on? Is it still on? It's on. Well, it's then on. there you go. It's on. Thanks, everybody. Listen, this is the guy right here. So thank him, yeah, and then and then and we then, collectively thank you. Thank yourself. Who thanks exactly, followed by your parents, and then the and then the and then the from there you can just kind of for freedom, in essence, you know, <laughs> right? Okay, that's enough. That's good. Uh, awesome. Thank you. Thanks, thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you again. Cool. Good to see you again. Yeah. Uh, actually, in person yeah. and not just live right. via satellite. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the CNN, CNN thing. thing. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 The only show that takes you behind the scenes with the stars. Yvonne Strahovski. Zachary Levi. Joshua Gomez. Ryan McParland. Adam Baldwin. This is Sarah Lancaster. This is Vic Sahai, and you are watching, in fact, the Jeffster special on Chuck versus the podcast. Introduce yourself, Grayson. I'm Eugene Edwards. I'm a musician on Chuck. Hey, this is Tim Jones, composer for Chuck. This is Scott Krinsky, and you're watching the Jeffster special on Chuck versus the podcast. Some folks are all made to wave a flag. Ooh, that red, white, and blue. And when the band plays, hail to the chief. Ooh, they pull the cannon. Girls, you make the rockin' world go round.
Happy holidays! My name is Gray Jones, and I want to welcome you to Chuck vs. the Podcast, our holiday extravaganza 2010. This is Gray. This is Mel. This is Liz. And we want to welcome you to Chuck vs. the Podcast, episode 89 for Friday, May 13th, 2011. Oh boy, Friday the 13th. And I have to interrupt this podcast with a very, very exciting announcement. Variety Magazine, Osiello, Deadline, and a whole bunch more are saying that Chuck is going to be renewed. This is Gray. This, this is, is Mel. This is Liz. This is Mo. <laughs> yes, there you are. <laughs> well, this is Chuck Podcast 106, and this is the final podcast episode, and we are so, so pleased to have AOL TV critic Mo Ryan with us today. How are you doing, Mo? I'm doing well, but um, I just I don't feel worthy of this honor at all. I want everyone to know that going in. <laughs> I just think that uh, you know I, I hope I can live up to this massive honor. Put it that way. Yeah. Well, we, um, we don't feel that way. We think that uh, you are the perfect guest to have as we do a retrospective back on the series. And, and I think especially because, as you know, and we've had you on a couple of times, I think a couple of times, right? Before? Yeah, at least two. Yeah, At least two. Um, and you've been there with us in some of the um, ups and downs of the story arcs of the show. And so I think who better to comment on um, the look back and, and, you know, as those arcs have hopefully completed, um, to get sort of an outside look in at, at, uh, at how it's gone. So right. awesome stuff. I'm excited. Yep. Well, I mean, on that note, why don't we, why don't we just roll right in with, with your thoughts on, on the finale? And you know, obviously there's been a lot of conversation on Twitter, um, I th we we think and and uh, Mel can can share with you that uh, we had some survey results that showed that the majority of people actually liked how it ended, but there was a minority and and a pretty strong minority I would say yeah. of people who um, were not happy with where things were left with Sarah's memory. What do you think about how it ended? I thought it, they took a huge risk. I definitely you know it was not the safe finale to do, which I think. Um, that surprised me a little bit. You know, I think they have such an awareness of fan reactions and um, they have such a, you know, connection to how people are talking about the show and feeling about the show that I, you know, it, it might, I wouldn't have faulted them, put it that way, for, for doing kind of um, what amounted to a victory lap. Maybe, you know, kind of a rogues gallery of former um, enemies, that kind of thing, or just, you know, some kind of, you know, revisiting of, um, earlier plots or stories that kind of had Chuck and Sarah together the whole time and doing their thing and, and being awesome together. Um, so that, that I would not have faulted them for. And I think I actually give them a lot of credit for how they ended it because to me, it was a great reading of 
what the strengths of the show were, and in particular what the strengths of the cast were. Mm-hmm. And I think if you had not had Zach and Yvonne, that would have been a disastrous finale. I mean, it would have been a terrible idea, you know. <laughs> but I think after five seasons, for me anyway, I mean, this is the kind of situation where I can sit there and go, you know, if you're a fan who didn't, who just wanted that victory lap, who just wanted to have that kind of warm, glowy feeling for two hours, I, I completely understand that. Um, but I, I guess I respect the idea that the, they found a way, I think, to actually give you all those sentimental moments and revisiting of landmarks and, um, you know, just impressions and visuals and things like that. They found a way to do that that felt that it had stakes to it. And, you know, that to me is the show. That to me, the show isn't really about defeating the bad guy. It's mm. about what are the stakes among the characters? What do they mean to each other? And how do they communicate that or realize that? So, um, you know, yeah, at the end, you had to sit there and imagine in your mind that they would have to, you know, or they were in the process of finding each other to be soulmates once again. And I, again, based on those performances, I was fully willing to believe that, but it wasn't, it wasn't the easy expected, um, you know, greatest hits that I, that I guess I, w- I went into the finale, um, thinking we'd get. So, you mm-hmm. know, if people were a little bit flummoxed by that, I can understand. Yeah. Now, I, I guess it should be mentioned. Um, we, we have 2020 vision now looking back at the series, but any of their finales, like it, you know, at the end of, of season two, I know Kung Fu. Like, what if that had been the yeah. last episode? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think they, they haven't really shown us a history of wanting to, have a, a tidy bow at the end of things. Yeah, I, you know, they, that's the thing. I, I, this was a show that really had to have a lot of finales over time. Um, and I think, you know, maybe that's why they went this way because, um, you know, the cliffhanger endings and the plot related, you know, kind of wrap ups. That was one way to go, but this was very much an emotional finale, which again, I mean, for my money, as a fan of the show, I, I wanted them to pull on my heartstrings and really make me f- care about that Chuck Sarah connection again. And I'll, I'll fully admit that, you know, in the first hour, I had some doubts. I was just like, wow, you know, they're really messing with me here. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I didn't expect it to go that route. It was a little bit unsettling at times, but, um, you know, this wasn't about somebody getting or losing Chuck Fu or that kind of thing or the intersect. It wasn't really about a device per se. I mean, there was the device of, you know, um, obviously Sarah losing her memory, but it was really in pursuit of something that was really emotionally grounded between this, you know, these characters who we've come to care about so much. So I, I guess I could give them a pass for that, you know, because it, I think if something had been more plot oriented, it just wouldn't have, it just wouldn't have worked for me. It just wouldn't have, it would have felt mechanical. I don't know if you guys agree. Yeah. I mean, we, we, I think all agree that, uh, we're in that majority group that that actually, you know, like like the ending. Though we do respect the opinions of of people who who felt they need, needed something more. Uh, Mel, please. I really like the way that you articulated that, Mo. That's kind of what I've been trying to say, but I hadn't been able to put it into words. That they really, in my opinion, they did. They totally served the characters and the relationships with that ending. Um, yeah, Chuck and Sarah in particular. I do feel like some of the other characters got a little bit. A short shrift, but that was a time thing, and apparently that'll be made up on the the DVD. But um, yeah, I really think you know that ending there on the beach to me, it just was Chuck and Sarah. It was like 
bare bones, stripped down, that's Chuck and Sarah. Yeah, and I think in a way it kind of gives you a little gift of imagining them in the future, relearning everything about each other, you know, so it doesn't, it, do, it really doesn't wrap up everything emotionally completely tidily. It just, it just gives you this something that you take, take away and daydream about, you know, how will she deal with his, you know, collection of, you know, um, collectibles? <laughs> how will she yeah. deal with, you know, his nerd tendencies in this or that arena? How will, you know, he deal with the fact that she, you know, can kill people, you know, with, with just a flick of the thumb, you know? So it's, it's, to me, it kind of gives you a little, it's like, it's a wistful feeling that I got looking at them on that beach, um, as they fell for each other and it kind of maybe carried over. Whereas, you know, I, I think part of it for me is that, um, you know, they took a risk. I think it paid off. And I think just in general, finales are so hard to do. And I can just, I'm sure we can all sit there and name, um, finales that were just, upsetting or unpleasant oh. or tried to do too much or too little or had some kind of gimmick. You know, I'm actually in the minority, I think, on the Sopranos ending. I didn't like it. You know, I think as a storyteller, to make people think that their cable went out, I don't think that that's a satisfying ending <laughs> <to tell laughs> story. So, um, like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things I think the degree of difficulty is very, very high. And then, you know, again, they have this incredible fan base that they very much wanted to, you know, give a present to, you know, really, you know, ho they had this huge expectations of so many people who had supported the show and in many ways kept it alive. So the fact that, you know, they were able to please the majority of people, I think is, is kind of cool. And honestly, I think in my experience of finales and sort of the TV realm, um, there's always, always, always a set of people who just really violently hate it. Mm. You know, this happened with Battlestar Galactica. Mm -hmm. yeah. This happened with Lost. And and here's the thing. That's okay. I mean, depending on the level of vitriol, which is not okay when it becomes like, you know, people are just flaming each other left and right. I don't, I'm not yeah. for that. And that, but that <laughs> does happen. But, you know, we get so emotionally invested in these things. And so I'm the last person to say, boy, don't be emotionally invested in how this turned out, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, because I'm completely that way. But, you know, so I think in a weird way, though, if a finale kind of pleased everyone, would that be what you want, really? You know, it just, it just strikes me that, you know, the last thing you want to do is have a list where you're ticking off, you know, all the things that you should do so that everybody feels like it was their finale and they got what they wanted. I mean, then it just becomes a hodgepodge. And I think we've seen enough hodgepodge finales to just last us a lifetime. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, that doesn't, that kind of speaks to um, the sense, you know, when someone says, well, that's not how I would have done it. And, you know, Liz and I sometimes we're, we're kind of going through this with True Blood right now as it's, we're gearing up for season five um, because we also run a fan site for True Blood. And they're like, well, that's not what I would have done. And oh, they ruined it. And we're like, are you, are you a writer? Do you have your own television show? <laughs> is that, is it your vision that I'm seeing up on screen? Because I don't think your name's on the product. Well, therefore, shouldn't the, the finale be the, the, the conclusion of the creator's vision? Yeah. And, and not only that, I, I mean, I think, I think it bears mentioning that, um, because I, I, I know with, with this very vocal, minority who who weren't happy with it i i've seen a number of comments from them of it should have been this way and i mm -hmm. i legitimately you know I'm, I'm a writer too and and i've looked 
at some of their proposals of of how it would have what they would have liked to have seen it it end and i honestly if i had seen that on screen i personally would not have liked it and no. so i i think what people have to realize is is that it's not that there was one best way to end it it was just there was one way that the writers chose and some people right. are going to like it and some people aren't and if it had the been another one there would have been a, an equally big group or p perhaps even bigger that might yes. not have liked it <laughs> no, I, com true. I completely agree with that. I think that that's actually really right. And I've, you know, I've talked to showrunners after their finales have aired and, you know, I, I, it's very, they're just emo as emotionally wrapped up ideally as we are, mm -hmm. but at some point a choice has to be made. And what I don't like is when they kind of, um, abandon that choice or, you know, kind of try to wuss out on it. And it's like, well, no, you have to, you, you will have to piss off someone at some mm -hmm. point, but you have to have faith in your vision, you know, enough to really put your, put your money where your mouth is and, and do something that you believe in. Otherwise it's just, you know, the common denominator of what you think will make everyone least mad is, is not a creative decision. That's just abandoning mm. creativity, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Now that to me would be wussing out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think, um, unless, unless Mel, does anybody have any more comments about the, about this particular topic? Oh, it's been talked to death. Yeah, yeah I, I'm so done. <laughs> I'm yeah. done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, uh, something going back to something you were saying, Mo, is if it had been something that had pleased everyone, then it's some of the, the, the pro people and even some of the people that didn't like it, I brought up that, you know, we're still talking about it. So doesn't that lend some weight mm -hmm. to the fact that it was a good finale if we're still discussing it? And then, the, you know, the ones that didn't like it are saying, no, we're still talking about it because we hated it. That's <laughs> but to me, if, you, if, if a show goes off the air and I think, oh, OK, yeah, that, that wrapped up nicely. And then I just forget about it. There's yeah, no I mean, sometimes shows do that. Like they just have kind of a nice understated ending, even though. It's yeah. hard to, um, but I also find that, you know, it's funny because there's a piece that came out today. It'll be in the Sunday New York Times magazine about the reaction to the killing. And, you know, you know, Alan Seppenwall, another friend of Chuck wrote a piece kind of in response to that New York Times piece about, you know, social media and how it affects things. And I def, I, it's something that I've noticed over the years and certainly I've been part of and I'm not condemning it, but there's this idea that, you know, you should have your response immediately. Mm. But don't you find that your feelings change about things over time? I mean, certainly in my job, I have to have a response that goes up that night. And, you know, thank goodness I got, I, I think I got the Chuck finale in advance so I could kind of, you know, watch it a couple times and think things over, which I find invaluable, you know, because I think mm -hmm. it's not, it's not fair to the show. It's not fair to your fellow fans. I mean, I mean, obviously we all do it. I'm not saying, oh gosh, we should just, you know, stay, stay off of all social media and message boards until like a week later. I, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> advocating that but um you know i think it's completely valid to have an evolving idea about what a finale was and what it meant to you so i i definitely agree that speaking about it over time especially if you find that you have new thoughts or new conversations to be had you know i think that's a that's a good thing mm -hmm. 
Alan said, I think very rightly that, you know, social media can be kind of a megaphone and it can kind of drive more nuanced reactions away from the, the, the leading edge of the conversation or the majority of the conversation. And I kind of think that there's some merit to that, you know, that sometimes we, um, the loudest voices get heard and the quickest voices get heard. But, you know, I still think a lot about, you know, finales that had were meaningful for me. You know, mm-hmm. I still, um, I think a lot about certain moments and scenes and, you know, I, I, it's something that kind of in my mind evolves over time. And sometimes I almost feel a little bit guilty, like, you know, not guilty, but, you know, just, I wonder, so I wrote that, you know, the night of the such and so finale and what did, you know, did I really get it right? Was that really capturing my feeling, you know? So it's one of those things where, you know, the great thing about working in the online allows you to kind of edit and, and, you know, alter and update your experience or your reaction, but it also can kind of, you know, you know, it, it can, it, it can cause you to, have to put up maybe an idea or an opinion before you're ready to share it or, you know, maybe before it's even fully formed. Hmm. Right. And I think we kind of proved that with the poll that we took, um, after Chuck ended, um, and the, um, the, the help, the support group that we had on, on <laughs> net, you know, and it, a lot of people who were, you know, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they did that to us. Um, you know, a couple of days later, they were coming around saying, you know what? I rewatched it. And then I rewatched it again. And I, you know, just totally changing my mind. I see what you guys were saying. And, you know, I still think that that should things this should have happened or whatever. There's some things they may still hold on to. But um, for the most part, they get a chance to just kind of re- rethink everything and kind of go over thing in their go over everything in their minds again. And, um, but social media, yeah, boom, it's out there. And yeah. And then that sort of those words back. I, and I find that I, you know, and it doesn't just apply to Chuck. It's, you know, I can't read other critics before I've written my own review because Mm. I, you know, I, I just know that all like some kernels will get in my brain and, but it's kind of impossible in this day and age to not, no, like there's a show coming up that I won't name because I want to be fair to it, but I can already tell from people's comments on Twitter that they just didn't like it. And so I'm like, oh, I wish I hadn't seen that because it kind of sets up an expectation in your mind. And I think again, like, you know, I think I said this before, so I'll, I'll try to be brief, but like, you know, I think with the Chuck finale, I'm actually not surprised that people did that, like went back and rewatched it because like I said, the first time I watched it, I was like, huh, okay. You know, I mean, obviously Zach and Yvonne nailed, nailed stuff that they you knew that they would nail, but they were especially great. And, you know, the Jeffster stuff was so much fun. And there were all those little moments that I think really worked and were fun homages and so forth. But it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. You know, if you go to your favorite seafood house and suddenly they're serving Mexican, you're like, there's some part of you that's going to grumble and go, well, I didn't expect that. I wanted this in my mind. I was set up for this and now I have to switch. But once you've made that switch you might be more open to it and go, okay, well, these tacos are pretty good, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's just part of people's ongoing reaction that maybe didn't get caught in that first big wave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Very yeah, that's well an excellent analogy. Yeah. Excellent. 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 And yet, you know, and, and Liz is right. We had a lot of people who initially said, Oh, I hated it. <laughs> Come back a couple of days later and say, um, I even had some people email me and say, could you delete my comments? <laughs> wow, that's interesting. That was, that was your first reaction, and it's yeah. valid. It yeah. is a valid reaction. Yep, you I know, think none it, of, it totally is. 
none of what people are saying, whether or not they agree with what, you know, all of us think about the finale, nobody's reaction is invalid. Um, you know, they, they're, it's a personal, it's a subjective thing, but there are a lot of people who initially said they hated it and then they, they slept on it or they watched it again and they said, Oh, you know what? Now I get it. Mm-hmm. Or they yeah. talked it through. Yeah. And here's another idea that I will just put into the mix when it comes to that. Um, I think part of what people weren't expecting was something at the very end that was going to be narratively ambitious. Because, you know, we've talked about this before and, and you guys have pointed out in various venues and, you know, forums and whatnot and, and other fans of Chuck as well. Like, the show could be inconsistent. It could be, you know, it could really, and that was always my thing over the years is that it was like, you know, one week it could be really taut and well constructed, the next week not so much. So, you know, it really was, is varied in that regard. So I think, um, you know, in terms of ambition, I just wasn't expecting them to kind of, um, go for the Olympic level Chuck episode yeah. <laughs> like, at this particular point in time. And again, like, you know, good for them that I think they kind of stuck the landing and, you know, I, I liked it. I actually loved it. Um, to be honest, again, because they did that right at the end, you know, right at the, at the tape, they decided to really go for it. So, um, but I think, you know, you, you know, if you took a poll of Chuck fandom of like, is this the most, narratively ambitious TV show you've ever watched, you know, I think <laughs> people even who are abjectly in love with the show would not say, well, you know, that's not their thing. I mean, I, the way I look at it is, you know, you go to different shows for different things. Like, you know, I, the, the comparison I would make is Avatar. People were like, well, it's a very derivative story many blah 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 this that this that and the other kind of movie and i'm like i don't go to james cameron to get an original story i mean (laughs) aliens is not a great movie because the plot's never been done before it's a great movie because it's like you know he synthesizes what's great about sci-fi and about war movies and he makes it into his own thing so you know the fact that it's like you know that that what i what people kind of I think went to Chuck for, and I can't speak for other people, obviously, but you know, it was much more about making the connections with characters, having the funny moments, having the adventures, having that all kind of work together when the show was really on its A game. So, you know, that, that might've just been another bit of dissonance for folks that they just didn't quite see that coming, but you know, keep us guessing. Why not? Mm. Well, let's, uh, let's maybe move on from that, that topic. And uh, now that you've brought up the characters, I think it's a it's a good time to talk about the rest of the characters, and in particular, what, uh, something um, you had mentioned in in a, one of the previous interviews is that you didn't feel that Sarah Lancaster was being well served, um, and and we had some comments about the the arcs of um, of Ivan Strahovski of of the Sarah character, and uh, my personal opinion is I think in season five both of those. Uh, those characters were really strong, particularly Sarah Lancaster really owned fifth season. Um, I mean, she, there was so much fun stuff with, with her and with uh, Captain Awesome. But what, what do you think about their arcs and how they ended up? 
Yeah, you know, I think um, that the, what I really wanted, especially in the last season for uh, for Sarah, was to to give Yvonne opportunities to to shine. And you know, I think my biggest disappointment with the show as a whole is that we didn't have a return visit from the giant blonde shemale of Thailand. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I I did give Chris Fedex some crap about that, unexpectedly. <laughs> um, I just think that was she. She just, you know, she. I think. I, I loved in the last few episodes, like how take charge she was, how, you know, committed she was, how vulnerable she was, especially, you know, in those video, um, interviews of when she's kind of re- recalling her and Chuck's courtship and, and how she nailed all those different stages. So, you know, I think Sarah was always going to be a character who was, f- whose story was fit in around Chuck's story. I mean, I, that was frustrating for me in many ways, but, um, you know, in the main, I think Yvonne Strahovski really made it work for her. And I think, Mm. you know, all I really wanted for the fifth season, I guess, was for there to be a a degree of consistency (laughs) in how they were, (laughs) you know, using her and portraying her. And I think that they did that. I think, you know, I was a little worried in the beginning of the season that they were going to go down the route of, oh no, let's have lots and lots of emo relationship angst about, you know, where we're going and what's next and babies and stuff. But I think they found some clever ways to deal with those topics and they didn't overstay their welcome, you know, those ideas or those explorations. So I, th- I, f- I thought, you know, I thought it was fine. I thought the final season was fine. I definitely think that um, how they used Sarah Lancaster in the last season, especially, was a little bit of a rebuke to how they'd used her in the first two seasons, it, it, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, the more, the more um, Ellie knew about the secret and was tied into the family mythology, the better the show became. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that it was just, oh, you know, there's so many times I, you know, I understand logically why maybe at this or that point she couldn't know, but it was just so repetitive for, for so long to have those conversations mm-hmm. of her thinking that Chuck was not getting on with his life, not accomplishing anything. And, you know, when we knew the truth was very different. Um, but she was great. She was so much fun. And, um, I, I always knew from being an Everwood fan that Sarah Lancaster could absolutely nail whatever they threw at her. And I knew that she would do great with both comedically oriented stuff and with, um, mom stuff and, you know, dramatic moments and, you know, just, just ass kicking moments. And the fact that she got to kill Shaw, all the oh. more sweet, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does that make up for any of the other Shaw issues that we've had? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was an awesome moment. And mm-hmm. you know, we when we interviewed Chris Fedak a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, I guess we he said that they actually had a pretty strong arc for um, planned out for Ellie, but then Sarah Lancaster got pregnant. And so they had to kind of move some of that around and they didn't really have as much time in season five to put it all in. So I think we just kind of got a taste of what they were going to do with her. Hmm. But I'm really, I really wish that she had been able to do more. I mean, obviously good for Sarah that she's, you know, she's a mom and she's a wife and everything now. And, and I know that she's happy, but as a viewer, I always, always wanted more Ellie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, and I do think um, more, more, a greater variety of Ellie. Like when they got to, yeah. When yeah. they got to go on that mission, you know, that was fun. I just mm-hmm. think the more they got to do different things with Awesome and Ellie, the more I enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there was a bit of a discovery process as well. I mean, when you, when you think about how uh, the original um, conception of the Awesome character was that he was going to get a spy and get killed off in season one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they just, they loved 
him on the screen and and they just everything they wrote for him just but just Sean and and it popped and and so they just rewrote the story around what they were seeing i i think nobody really realized the power it would be to have ellie involved so much in in the spy stuff mm-hmm. yeah, yeah until it happened and yeah. then they were like whoa we should have you know wanted <laughs> but to i think do every something show, with this. every probably every showrunner gets to the end of his or her show and says boy you know if i'd only done this earlier or realized this earlier you know there's always probably a few yeah. <laughs> Monday morning yeah. situations. Mm-hmm. And we actually had a lot of questions come in for, for Chris Vidak along those lines of, you know, what do you wish you could have done? If you had known at the beginning that you would have 91 episodes, what would you have done? <laughs> mm. You right. know, and that's, isn't, that's kind of the showrunner dream yeah. to say, to be guaranteed this amount of episodes and, and, oh, and, and guaranteed that that's your end point too, that it's not going to be extended. So you mm. suddenly have to scramble. Um, you know, and to be able to really craft this whole tight storyline and, you know, plan everything out and everything. And we didn't have time to talk to Chris about that, but, um, cause I think he'd kind of answered it in a lot of other interviews too. But I mean, just if you could, if you could think of pretty much any show that's been on a year to year, not even on the bubble, but just on a year to year renewal and think what could they have done if they had known? Yeah. It'd be phenomenal. It'd be outstanding television. But having said that, it's like, you know, um, it's like Gray was saying, you know, that, that there's also that serendipity of discovering, like, yeah. if your five-year plan calls for this character dying in episode four, but then you realize this this yeah. actor is so great, you know, it kind of cuts both ways. And, you know, sometimes people will say, and this was just so prevalent around the time of B- Battlestar and Lost, when people would sort of say in comment areas like, oh, they're just making it up. And I'm like, well, I hope so. I'm just making it up as they go. It's like, well, if they're not, if they, if they, if they printed out something that was a, sh- a show Bible and episode outlines that they came up with a year ago before they knew their cast, before they knew the production strengths of their crew, you know, before they knew the actual parameters of making this kind of show with their budget, you know, how do you know if they had just stuck to that no matter what that you also got that with 24 as well mm-hmm. but I, I can remember several shifts in 24 where you you could see them going wow that actor is giving an amazing performance let's do that you know yeah. so it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things that if it's not kind of organic that way you know you're going to get things that they wish they'd done but then you get those cool things that just kind of rise up out of nowhere and mm-hmm. please everyone hmm. that's a good point there are some stunning discoveries i think you know, when they were filming the pilot and they realized the kind of chemistry that Zach and Yvonne had on screen, mm. I think it's pretty well documented. That's when, you know, Schwartz and Theodak went, whoa, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, another of my favorite show, one of my favorite shows, not not as much now, but Supernatural um, mm. was meant to be about uh, two brothers kind of going on the road and doing, you know, a, a, a creature of the week, you know, weird story about how, you know, some... I don't know, flesh eater was over here in Missouri and then there's some vampire in Florida or whatever. And, you know, <clears throat> the producers looked at each other and the creator and said, wait a minute, these two actors have such amazing chemistry in the relationship of the brothers and mythology of the family. That's the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> once they realized that, it was a completely different thing. So that's kind of the fun part of, you know, being able to cover this is that there's these organic moments that just happen. And, you know, it's kind of cool to see people seize those and, and make the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and we got what a tremendous end for Jeffster. And I know you're, you're a fan of Jeffster. What did you think of that, um, that finale 
epic song with the orchestra and, and all of that. <laughs> it was so fun. I loved it. You know, I think maybe that would have been, obviously I wanted the finale to be about Chuck and Sarah. Um, and I knew it would be, but you know, if they had kind of, if it had been a letdown Jeffster moment, I think I, I would have been a little <laughs> sad. Um, but the song choice was just appropriately goofy. And, um, I was just thinking about this. It's funny, you know, talking about like, you know, your, your latter day, thoughts or interpretations or memories. And I was just thinking of, um, you know, Morgan conducting and <laughs> Jeffster just rocking out in their own particular way. And it just, I, I enjoyed it a lot. And, you know, again, I could sit there and say, oh, I wish there had been more Jeffster over the years. Or actually not so much. the. I think they, you never wanted to get to the point where a Jeffster performance was expected and it was mm. every week, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I think they spaced that out pretty well. But um, I loved I love the buy more stuff. I mean, I just love that in the finale, they gave some lines to, um, some of the performers who typically didn't have lines that we yeah. saw years, year after year. Um, so I, and the weird thing is that again, it's a divisive thing. I mean, I know other critics and other fans who are just like, oh, the buy more stuff <laughs> makes me crazy. Why can't they get rid of it? Mm. And I was the opposite. So, um, I was glad they got a huge moment in the sun. I enjoyed it. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I don't know, Mel, Liz, what, what do you think? Should, should we go back through the the whole series or we should talk a bit more about the finale, a bit more about season five? What do you think? Well, I think it's up to Mo. We've kind of talked <laughs> our heads off about all of it. So yeah. Yeah. what do you want to talk about? Um, yeah, let me think about this. I guess um, what if you just when you guys look back at the final season like are there moments or episodes or just little scenes between characters that, you, that kind of now that we've kind of sifted through all of our bigger responses are the things you kind of go back to and think wow that was you know this really encompassed what i loved about the show or were there just things that you keep going back to as a fan and, and thinking about me i do i do um and morgan's character when he this season when he stood you know toe to toe almost all he was strapped to a chair with Casey to me it was kind of a growing up moment for Morgan at that point and it the season had been leading up to that a couple of seasons had been leading up to that we've been seeing glimpses of you know and big storylines of what Morgan can really do but just the fact of him standing up to someone like Casey um and I think, and because of the fact that it was based on this friendship that those two had formed, an unlikely friendship, by the way. Um, I just loved the character development of Morgan because Mel and Gray will tell you in the first two seasons, I hated him. <laughs> I couldn't stand him. He annoyed me to no end. Yeah. And I just, I just, we know would fast forward through his scenes. You know? <laughs> but, oh, wow. I know. I cannot stand him. I know. <laughs> but you know it's funny because I rewatched all of Battlestar before the final season began. Mm -hmm. And my husband really enjoyed pointing out to me that I didn't want Starbuck in season one. And I, I was like, You're lying. You know, I don't believe you. And he's like, You complained. And I'm like, I loved her, you know, but I think yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I don't like her as not having liked season one a ton in general. You know, I just, I wasn't there, <laughs> in, there at the beginning, there at the creation, so to, so to speak. Um, cause I just, I did find that, you know, Morgan could be a little, a little much, you know, Chuck, I just felt was too passive. You know, it was just like some plots felt like they weren't quite, you know, they just felt a little repetitive and whatnot. I mean, I thought the elements, 
of something fun were there, but to me, they didn't really coalesce until the end of the season. And uh, definitely season two, it was, it was very much, you know, a show that I I passionately adored. And I think that they addressed, you know, a lot of the things that I didn't like. I think just one of the things, obviously, that, you know, you've we've talked about in the past is that um, I think the churn of writers, you know, didn't, and then the, the strike season and then the budget cuts, all of those things were, were hard on the show at times. Um, mm. But I, I think what's really good is that, um, Chris Fedak and Schwartz. I mean, you know, I, obviously they were both involved, Fedak more than Schwartz, but I think there was a, there's a sort of a continuity of tone and intention throughout the five seasons. And as much as maybe they didn't necessarily nail that intention every week, um, to me, you know, when a showrunner leaves something that was their baby and some faceless person is brought in, like, I mean, I think Dexter's all like on its fifth showrunner. Mm-hmm. It just loses something and it just loses some part of its soul. Yeah. And I'm just really glad that never happened with Chuck. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you could argue, um, I mean, some of my favorite episodes of the entire series were written by the, the newer writers, like Rafe and mm-hmm. Lauren, uh, Chuck versus the Honeymooners. Mm-hmm. I thought, I mean, when I watched that episode, I remember thinking, this is the funniest Chuck I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And 90% of what Kristen Newman wrote, I adore. Mm-hmm. There was one episode, I can't remember which one, that I think she co-wrote with someone else. And I was like, eh. But everything else, uh, she she knew Sarah so well, for one thing. Yeah, sometimes you just got that feeling like, you know, and I, this is, again, <laughs> not just Chuck, um, where you're like, okay, these three people, if they only mm-hmm. wrote the show, <laughs> they would never sleep or see their families, but I'd be happy. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why can't it be that way? Right. And on the other hand, there are shows that you're like, please, dear God, hire some writers. Mm. <laughs> Well, oh my gosh, that's so true. That's especially true, I think, in the genre realm. I mean, there's one, um, you know, there was the Stargate franchise, which eventually kind of, you know, went off the air. And I think it was because of that, because they had the same, like, rotating crew of writers. And I'm like, oh my God, you only have five plots. You keep just, (laughs) and as much as I like the actors in some of these iterations of, you know, Stargate, you know, I just could not deal with the fact that they just, they needed somebody fresh to shake things up because I couldn't. I couldn't deal with that anymore. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, I I I know writers, and I won't name the shows, but who get hired on a show that had a great pilot, and there's nothing they can do to make it a series. Uh, yeah, and and the I mean, everybody says, oh, it's it's such a shame it was canceled, but I, I know that they went through hell and back just getting that episode two through six out, and they knew. <laughs> That it wasn't going to happen. But sometimes what's great is that an episode, like a show will just walk away from its premise and be like, yeah, that was stupid. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like Cougar, Cougar Town. Town. Yeah, yeah. Cougar Town is a great example where they're like, okay, this got us, our pitch got sold because of these three flimsy ideas. Let's just d- ditch that entirely, make a different show, and, you know, hopefully we'll stick around. And they, then I actually, I really respect that because I think, you know, it's like anything else. What you can sell versus what you can make are usually two different, really different, different things. And, you know, you put on a dog and pony show for executives and, you know, they want, you know, 
all these, you know, we want a mythology and we wanted this and we wanted that. And it's like you, you just put out all these buzzwords. Then you have to actually make the show. And it's just sometimes what presents itself to you organically is something that would be interesting and good is not at all what you sold. Yeah. So, you know, when shows can make that turn, um, I, I definitely appreciate that. Hey, I have a question. Can I propose a question mm-hmm, to the panel? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is something I've been thinking about recently. Um, it's, you know, are you going to have a hard time seeing the cast in other projects? I mean, I know we've seen them already in other things, but, you know, I, I saw Drive recently and I saw Christina Hendricks in it and I'm like, June! <laughs> <laughs> that happens to me with actors, some actors from The Wire, although, you know, I see Dominic uh, West in various things. He doesn't always make me think McNulty, at least for a few years away from that. But what do you guys think about that? I mean, you're going to be able to accept these actors in different roles? Yeah. I can. <laughs> I think I because this was a show that let them do so many kinds of acting mm-hmm. and really show us their range. So I think, I don't know, and, and this might be the analytical side of me coming out, but to to me, it showed us that they can do play any other kind of character. And it's more about them as an actor than it is about it being Chuck or Sarah or Morgan that I'm watching on screen. It's more that it's Zach or Yvonne or Josh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely can't wait to see the other things that they can do because we've already seen, like Mel said, we've already seen some of that in Chuck. And now I can't see, I can't wait to see them be able to expound on some of that yeah. and to, and to, you know, really magnify that maybe a certain dramatic or certain comedic mm-hmm. um, piece or part. It'd be fun. Yeah. Especially some of the ones that weren't well known before mm-hmm. Chuck, like Yvonne. You know, mm-hmm. this is her first real, this is her first American thing. And I, I, I just cannot wait to see what she does next. She's got talent coming out of her toes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I guess what, what part of it for me is, um, so often what ends up happening is that, you know, I have to watch all the pilots every year and, you know, What's always sad to me is seeing people go to a new project that doesn't allow them to have that range that they maybe had in their previous program. And, you know, I mean, I, I understand they have to pay their bills, they have to work and they want to work. And believe me, I don't yeah. resent them that, but you know, um, I mean, once in a while, and I'm not naming names, I think actors make terrible choices in terms of like job security over actually a, being able to, per, you know, really pursue a role that will give them interesting things to do. Mm. Um, and I sometimes wonder how much of that is their advisors, you know, wanting to get a paycheck, mm. but couching it in the language of, well, you should do this, you know, action movie in which you have two lines as opposed to like, you know, a TV show that would run for three years and give you a lot of range, you mm. know? Yeah. Um, so I worry about that, you know, I mean, I think what, what I get a little bit nervous about is the whole idea of, you know, Chuck allowed Zach to show himself off as a leading man, as a funny guy, as a, you know, the physical comedy aspect of things was always really entertaining, um, action hero, like all these different things. And same with Yvonne, um, even, you know, um, Josh Gomez, I mean, he, I totally agree, um, that, that, that the way Morgan grew over five seasons was really impressive. And I just love the fact that he got to be much more than just the best friend, you know, who kind of tagged along and was just didn't really quite, you know, understand what was happening. He obviously was comic relief, but he got to be more than that. 
So I just get nervous. I guess I get nervous on the actor's behalf. Uh, yeah. Not overly so. I mean, I'm not up nights over it, but I just, I just, it's, and I, I guess if I think about Jeffster, I'm a little bit sad that Jeff and Lester won't, you know, kind of be around yeah. and, and their yeah. dynamic duo of weirdness. <laughs> but I did, I did propose in one article that they should just go around to like every, NBC show like they should, they should just turn up on community as like kind of like cameo the, the yeah. weird maintenance guys or you know doing an install at somebody's house they should oh, don't you think that would that be hilarious would be awesome. yeah I love that so much have them be this kind of nomadic traveling you know and they have the perfect cover they're a band exactly they can, <laughs> they can roll into town in their van that could be a show like they just yeah. have their van their van they roll into town cause mayhem mm. I would watch that yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I would think maybe, I think cameoing might be more my speed yeah, for them. Yeah, no, you're as right. Much you're as right. I enjoyed them. I don't know that I can handle that every week. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I know it's good. There's going to be a twinge. You know, Adam Baldwin is guest starring on Castle um, later this season. And when I see him on, I, I already know that when I see him in that role, there's going to be a little bit of the twinge. Of missing Casey and also Miss <laughs> Jane, of course, since he'll be yeah. back with, with Nathan Fillion. But there will be a little twinge. But then, I mean, I think that's to be expected. And some people have articulated that on the website, too, is that it's going to be weird to see them as these characters. But the overwhelming consensus is we can't wait to see what they do next. There's so much love for these actors hmm. in this fandom that, um, you know, I don't think that there's going to be any sort of... Oh, what, what am I thinking? Like resentment or, um, or, or, you know, Chuck shouldn't, if, if Chuck were still on, they could still be Chuck and I'll only see him as Chuck. And I don't think there's going to be any of that. I think there's going to be a little twinge of sadness or nostalgia or something. But for the most part, everybody is just really supportive of whatever they're going to do next. Yeah. Well, that's the other flip side of it is that they can mobilize a fan base. I mean, I'm sure people will check out, you know, these future projects and, you know, the Chuck fandom will be strongly supporting them. At least that's, that's my feeling, you know, that these, these are very loyal fans and it might be weird at first to see them in other projects, but, you know, I certainly will be giving them an extra bit of attention <laughs> if it features anyone from the Chuck world. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, let's let's move um, back a little bit to uh, the uh, you you had mentioned about um, the 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 pilot and how hard it is to to continue that that story and and make it work. But I mean, this goes back to the strength of the Chuck pilot to think that they really delivered ninety one episodes. And when you look at the finale and look at the pilot, it's it's a it's a it bookends. is an answered, yeah. Their bookends. It's an answered promise of all the things they set set up in the pilot. Yeah, and and it's not just in a plot way, like I was saying before. Like it's emotionally, it feels like it's the same universe and it's the same people, but they've gone on a journey, mm. and that's really satisfying, you know. And it, as much as the show has had its ups and downs, um. I love that. I, I I think that too few shows do that. You know, too few shows take the characters anywhere interesting. They want to just hit the reset button every week and maybe have these tiny bits of um, character movement or growth. But these characters had a lot of growth. Hmm. They did. Everyone. Yeah, we, we actually were commenting with Chris Fedak. When you look at where any one of those characters was at in the beginning and then where they were at at the end, 
yeah. they realized just how much each one changed. I I couldn't agree more. And this is me um, totally nerding out, which is only appropriate. But, you know, one of the shows I love, definitely my favorite Star Trek of all the Star Treks is Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Mm. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Hey, we are, we are even better friends now. Yay! Um, <laughs> you know, that's a show where... Um, you know, obviously it was more, it was, it was going to be slightly different in the beginning. Cause like, you know, uh, different writers kind of took on bigger roles as the show went on in its seven year run. But that's a show to me that just was, did an incredible job of changing people like radically, mm-hmm. it, but in ways that felt earned and progressive and as you know, the characters had been through things. They'd been through wars and battles and love affairs and l- losing people. So like, it wasn't like contrived. I don't think for the most part, it just felt like people went from A to B to C. And you know, another show I even love a lot lost. Um, some of the characters didn't get those journeys and got shoved to the margins. And some characters did get the big journeys and they were amazing. But I really appreciate when a show can kind of give most or all of the leading characters, a pretty substantial uh, progression that they travel through that, um, that all kind of tie together, you mm. know, in terms of relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. And what about this? Um, uh, and, and again, we, we hear so many, even, even now people saying we want a season six, we want a Chuck movie mm-hmm. and, and all this kind of thing. I remember, and I'll, I'll go on record here. I loved Stargate SG one. Absolutely loved it. Me too. And I thought after season seven yep. that they should have ended it. Yep. And I think you're right. As much as I love Ben Browder, but when they pushed it, it it just didn't have the same potential for story. And yeah, I and I think they were definitely suffering suffering from that tired storytelling I was referring to earlier. But I think I love Ben Browder and Claudia Black too, but I think something it wasn't the same show and I don't feel like they ever necessarily caught that magic again. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go ahead. Yeah, well in in what I was gonna say is is I I mean how lucky we are that we got an ending for Chuck. Yeah. That we mm-hmm. got a good ending, solid ending, bookend uh, from from where we from the pilot, we got all these great journeys, but at some point it's going to have to end. It's not going to be like Coronation right. Street going for fifty years. Um, <laughs> right. At some point, it's going to have to end. I think uh, we, we we really just have to graciously accept that you know this was it, and and it's great to have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think um, as much as I'm one of those people that'll be you know clawing you know at the doors of the Mad Men set saying don't ever end the show you know I think I think there has to be I think there's greater value when something is a limited quantity you know you mm-hmm. appreciate it more you care about it more you don't take you, you don't take it for granted and um, you have to respect that not all stories go on forever you know I mean the Harry Potter series of novels ended you know it's just that everything everything ends and when it doesn't end you think that that's what you want but probably it isn't because then you just get tired of it and the worst thing in the world is to get tired of something that you used to love mm-hmm. exactly so yeah you know, when your love turns to either resentment or boredom then it's then it's just that's kind of worse than hatred yeah I agree yeah yeah 
Yeah. So, so love it or hate it, we got an ending. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it was a, you know, what I always look for in an ending is, you know, something that I feel like emotionally means something to the people making it, you know, writing it, directing it. And I definitely got that sense from even the whole set last season of Chuck that people were really giving it their all. And, you know, that's not to say I loved every episode equally, but I just, I definitely felt like the, the last few hours got an extra little dose of something in terms of people really going, going, giving their utmost. So, um, you know, it, it meant something to Fidek and Schwartz. I, that was, that's my supposition and, you know, it seemed like from interviews, that's what they were saying. So as long as the people involved feel really emotionally compelled by it and, 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 and you know, they had something to say, then I feel lucky that we got it, you know, cause so many shows just get cut off at the end of season three. Like just, just today, uh, luck got canceled uh, mm-hmm. after its first season and it's not even done airing. It's very strange. Um, so to have that kind of state of suspended animation, as was also the case with uh, Deadwood, another show that I loved, it's just, you know, that that can sometimes be kind of like an open wound for a long time where you're just thinking, well, what were they going to do? Mm. And we don't have to do that in this case. Yeah. Right. Chuck, movie, what do you think? Oh, um, my base, my first response is, it would have to be the cast, you know, that I know and love. And if they couldn't get all of them together, um, in a story they felt really great about that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it. <laughs> is that, yeah. is that wrong? You know, I wouldn't no. want it to be one of those, oh, well, here's f- four people from the cast. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, one of the greatest failures in television history was after MASH, where it was like, the kind of the subsidiary supporting characters <laughs> from Nash. And it was like, boy, don't ever do this was the takeaway from that. Mm-hmm. So sure, you know, yeah, a couple of years from now, if there's a Chuck movie and it's a fun story and they can get uh, the, the, the whole cast. And I'm not talking about like, I really think, you know, if you don't have General Beckman, if you don't have, you know, Jeffster, if you don't have Big Mike, I mean, I want it to be those mm-hmm. people. Mm. And I think it would be really hard to assemble that crew again. I mean, I'm sure the actors would be willing, but, you know, hopefully, I think it would be a very tall order to get all those actors together at the the time and place they wanted them. But, you know, never say never, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, um, Mel, Liz, do you have anything else? I think that's probably as good a place as any to start to wrap things up mm-hmm. i guess so except that this is our last podcast so the longer we talk yeah that kind of hit me this week and yeah you might have to do some color correcting on me again <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's well, you know i if it's any consolation it's probably not um i i go through a mourning process for all my for for the shows that end, you know, I feel like it takes me a while. It, especially Battlestar Galactica was one that hit me really hard. Like it just, I just felt like I had a hole in my brain where all that, all those thoughts and ideas and, you know, emotions and reactions were contained. I miss the characters. I mean, mm. I think that's absolutely possible to miss, miss the characters that surprised you and angered yeah. you and delighted you and you know so with every big show i go through that morning process so mm-hmm. i don't know if we have to be done with that quite yet <laughs> <laughs> no no i don't think we do it's just that this is another piece of closure 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's just another step along the way. Yeah, but, this no, podcast. I get what you're saying. I still, I still uh, mourn Veronica Mars and uh, mm, yeah. the original Cupid, you know, from like 12, 15 years ago. Yeah. I still I, miss that show. <laughs> I still think, you know, Deadwood, definitely Party Down. Mm-hmm. You know, the shows where I really felt bonded to the characters. I just oh, think about them to this day. Yeah. Well, before we get weepy... Um, yes. <laughs> let's not do that. <laughs> let's not do that. Oh, we cried enough in the the podcast after the finale. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. That was intense. It was but intense. that's it, but that's what I want. I want shows to make yeah. me cry. It have the potential to make me cry. Hmm. Exactly. You want to be. I mean, if you're going to spend that kind of time and energy like we have on Chuck, you want it to be something that that earns it and that deserves it. And this did by far. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. Cool. Well, um, I th- I think what we'll probably need to do is uh, say adieu to to Mo, and then Mel and Liz, we can we can sort of wrap things up together. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, so Mo, honestly, it's been an absolute, absolute, absolute pleasure having you on all these times, and thank you for being such a great supporter of the podcast and of Chuck. And, uh, boy, I, I mean, the fans have done a lot, but if it hadn't have been for critics like you supporting Chuck, I don't mm-hmm. know that we would have had the show. Well, that's so kind of you to say that. You know, I mean, I, I certainly don't ever want to, um, assume that I have any influence because I don't know that I do. But, you know, if there's a couple things I can look back on and say, you know, if I move the needle at all for any renewals of Friday Night Lights or Chuck or a couple other shows like that, you know, and I don't know if I, and I may, by that I mean myself and many other critics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, if, if there was anything that I did in the way of public perception of those shows and, um, people getting getting a little bit smidge more attention for them i mean that just makes me feel amazing but you know honestly in in terms of fandoms and 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 that this has just been a crazy roller coaster ride with chuck and with the fans and you know i did get emotional after the finale and people kept having to remind me on twitter that they still will exist. They will still continue. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. And so, you know, that was good to know. But I think, you know, my feeling is, you know, I, I, I'm definitely going to get weepy here because, you know, when I had my charity auctions for, you know, swag items that I auctioned on eBay for uh, Haitian medical charity and fans, I mean, unbelievably came through with just rare items that they gave to me to sell to other fans who snapped them up for wonderful amounts of money that raised a ton of money for charity. Um, you know, the, the Chuck, uh, fest banner that got sold, uh, recently that will pay for, I think, four operations for kids for Operation Smile. So, wow. you know, I feel like this fandom, they weren't just, active on behalf of the show they weren't just fun to deal with and smart and passionate and argumentative in all the best ways Mm -hmm. um they really did some good in the world so thanks to all of you for for that and i i'm really grateful i got to be a little tiny part of it cool well that's that's a wonderful place to to end and and absolutely we want to make sure that everybody continues to um follow you and all your 
endeavors uh, at Mo Ryan on Twitter and uh, and we love all that you do and 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 actually because because you like Chuck we know that we're gonna like the other shows that you like so that oh, <laughs> that's right <laughs> yep. let's hope that that shall ever be the case cool well uh, thanks Mo and so we're gonna start to wrap things up and and thanks for taking part today thank you all I had a great time thank you thanks cool. Mo okay. stay okay. awesome okay. you too you too bye bye. <laughs> So it's just the three of us. Um, wow. It's January 2008. Actually, yeah, it was, March it was, of 2002. Actually, it was Christmas holidays, 2007. That's when we first got in touch, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We recorded for the first time in January. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, man, uh, and I, remember, I remember the beginning. I'm going to out you guys. Um uh, we we wanted to do the Warhol things because we were afraid to show our faces. Yep. <laughs> oh, I remember Liz and I, we were so, maybe more me than Liz, but I was just paranoid Yeah. about people knowing that it was me <laughs> behind this. Just people in real life. I mean, I'm sure that, yeah. okay, maybe not gray, but mm. you fans out there. I know, I know some of you are undercover. <laughs> you told me don't use my name, don't mm -hmm. use my real name, or don't use my picture, don't mention me. Mm -hmm. Um, because people in your real life maybe don't understand the, the connection that we have to, oh, it's just a TV show. I actually had someone tell me that when mm -hmm. I was explaining the fan reaction to the finale. She said, well, it's just a TV show. Can't you just remind them of that? I said, no. And this conversation's <laughs> over. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, but yeah, we did. I was just, I was really nervous about people knowing that it was me, not, not you guys, the fans, but people in real life who might, you know, that I know in real life who may have stumbled upon it and, and like, Oh my gosh, what is she doing now? Mm -hmm. so. Well, and I, and I do think there's a bit of a, been, well, I, I know. I mean, I, I blogged about how just for me, Chuck has been an absolute transformational experience. Yeah. I mean, the last four, four and a half years have been, I mean, just crazy transformation in my own life. And I, I, a ton of that has been the podcast. But also, mm -hmm. I think it, there's been some simultaneous things. Like, I wasn't on Twitter. It was Did Twitter even exist when the when the podcast started? Yeah. I don't know. But it started it was, in 06. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, but it, not many people were on it. And, uh, and I think the whole social networking thing has brought a lot of us out into the open. Mm -hmm. Um, I know for me, Facebook in the beginning was just the people that I interacted with on a daily basis and gradually I'm starting to open it up to more and more people. And, you know, I think, th I think that's a cool journey. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, I, people never believe me when I say this, I am an incredibly shy person. <laughs> I, I really am. I am very shy. I always have been to the point of having panic attacks. Uh -huh. But, you know, as I've matured and it, it's gotten easier, but doing things like this podcast and our True Blood podcast, um, meeting you guys at Comic-Con, those kinds of, you know, and other opportunities that we've had. I mean, dear God, you should have seen me the night before I went on this, the check set. Mm -hmm. There was no sleep involved. I can just <laughs> tell you that right now. I was petrified of going um, you know, but of course I went, you make yourself do these kinds of things and these kinds of opportunities come up and it's interesting. Um, I'm, I'm about to celebrate my six year anniversary at my job 
And one of my colleagues asked me if I felt like I had changed much over the course of my employment there. And I was like, well, you know, I think I've become more confident. And she's like, yeah, I can totally see that. And it really started around the time um, that you started doing the video podcasts because mm. they know what I'm doing, you know? Um, yeah. She, and I was like, wow, I didn't, I never made that connection. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of, once you put yourself out there, your face out there and you force yourself to do this kind of thing and there's confidence. And now Liz, um, she's kind of quit picking on me about this, but she used to talk about how I drug her to all these things and made her do stuff, <laughs> <laughs> which is not untrue, but yeah. isn't it worth it? <laughs> She kicked over the box that I was hiding under. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I got I got to mention about Liz. I mean, there there were some early podcasts with Liz that, um, I there would be twenty minutes that Liz didn't talk, <laughs> and that hasn't changed. <laughs> no. No, I mean you've you've you, I mean, uh, there, definitely I think um that uh, that all of us have well, and also I I got to mention. That in the early podcasts, I did a ton of editing, um, a ton uh, of it. Um, um, uh, 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 mm, uh, uh. All these kinds of things, <laughs> and the idea that we could even consider doing live podcasts. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean yeah. th that that speaks volumes too. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think people realize that we've actually had to practice and we've studied. We've gone back and we've listened to old podcasts, and we, you know, especially in the beginning, we would listen and we would discuss. Okay this is something that we need to work on, or this mm -hmm. is something you in particular need to work on or, or, you know, we critiqued ourselves to get to a point where we felt comfortable. Um, well, you know, so that Gray doesn't have to edit so much. And now we can do these practically unedited podcasts, you know, video, even mm -hmm. not just audio, but video. Um, there was a lot of work that went into that yeah. to being able to do that. And, 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 um, you know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and I do have to, to clarify 107 podcasts because we did a half episode and yep. I have still never met Mel or Liz. <laughs> right. You know, we invite him to stuff. I just want to say <laughs> it's not yeah. like we're not we letting him come to our secret clubhouse. Yeah. Close. So close a yeah. couple of times. Yeah, very close. Very yeah. close. Yeah. So, well, great. In three years, my um, my my professional conference is in Toronto, so maybe we huh? can meet in 2015. <laughs> well, I think I'll I'll be in the states by then. No, of course. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, at, at some point, at some point, it'll be like Comic Con 2023 or something. Yeah. We'll be, yeah, we'll be the, the old gray people with the locks. <laughs> Wait, no, that's only in 11 years. Never mind. <laughs> oh, my goodness. My far yeah. future numbers have got to get higher. <laughs> you have to oh adapt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, it has been an amazing, amazing experience. And, and uh, boy, like 107 episodes, 107, like that's. That's a big number. I mean, that that includes like the holiday extravaganzas, the um, the Jeffster special, all the Tim Jones specials. Um, one hundred and sixty-two interviews. One hundred sixty-four, actually, I think. One hundred sixty-four now. Yeah. Okay, one hundred sixty-four. And uh, and also, I mean, the the uh, the 
fans rally video and the the 3D trailer and and all the and the original fun openings and yeah and the original uh, flash and and actually the, the one of the things that I just love is thinking back to at the beginning we had no idea that we were going to have any interviews I mean we lucked out with um, Yvonne Strahovski and Tim Jones mm-hmm. and then I don't know if you remember there was a good six seven month stretch where. We could, we just couldn't get any inter- interviews, mm-hmm. and uh, and at that point it was like, okay, we're just going to have these two, and then every time we we heard that Sarah Lancaster is going to come on, or you know, we got Zachary Levi, like we we'd have these emails back and forth of, yeah. oh my goodness, Mark Christopher Lawrence, <laughs> yeah, you know, I've saved all those emails, yeah, I have, you know, it's a, it's like a, a a time capsule, oh in yeah, my inbox, yep. Yeah. And now, and now it's like, well, we're going to interview Chris Fedak. Yeah, okay. No, it's not. <laughs> what no. It was like, okay. How many questions do we? How long do we have him for? How many yeah. questions do you think we can get in? What's what's prioritized? What are we going to do? Yeah. yeah. And then you know, and then I send over like a a five page document. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're totally going to get through all of that. Yeah. 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 There's there's been some some just neat ones. Oh, and when. uh Adam Baldwin called me on the phone as, as That's I was always at, freaky. I was at a car dealership and my phone <laughs> rings and says, hi, it's Adam. I'm like, Adam who? <laughs> Adam Baldwin. I remember that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> oh. Yep. Yeah. Good memories. Good Lots times. Good times. Yep. Yes. And, uh, and trips to, um, you guys got to go some, to some cool conventions and press rooms and things like yep. that. I had my two week trip in 2009. Mm-hmm. That was an unbelievable experience. Yeah. Yep. My first time ever being in a Chuck press room, they had to come to Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Poor Liz. The first, was it the first two Comic Cons that we got in the press room? She had a conflict. She couldn't get in. Oh yeah. my goodness. Or the first three, because you weren't in last year either, were you? Nope, I wasn't. Right. Nope. Someplace yeah. else. Wow. No There's Comic-Con. only one of me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally perfect cloning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But some some really cool really cool memories. Um mm-hmm. my in person interview with Vixa High with in Toronto was so cool. He is still one of my absolute favorite people to interview. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy I think it really comes across in the interviews too that, oh, hang on a second. My cat is scratching stuff. Actually, my mother's cat. Um, he's one of my favorite people ever because I, I think it really comes across in the interview how quick he is. Hmm. He's a very, you know, he's, very quick his mind just works so fast and he, yeah, very quick witted. And pretty much anything you say, you, he's unpredictable mm-hmm. too. So, you know, he's, you know, you think, you know, where the conversation is going and all of a sudden it's like 30 yards in the other direction, you know, <laughs> and it's just, it's a blast. It's yeah. so much fun. It's yeah. exhausting and mm-hmm. you come out of it feeling like you're an idiot, but it sure <laughs> is fun. Yeah. And remember we, Liz and I have had a couple of opportunities to hang out with them at parties at Comic-Con mm. and enjoy you know them in a more relaxed uh, informal atmosphere and that's always been a hoot yeah 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 
Yeah. yeah. That's when the big sloppy hugs happen and the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stuff, so. Yeah. And oh, we can finally let the cat out of the bag that um, in what I can say, and I'm sure you guys can too, that in all of our private dealings with all of the Chuck cast and crew, that they mm-hmm. really were as awesome and cool and oh, down yeah. to earth in real life as they mm-hmm. seemed in their interviews. Yeah. 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 They really totally. are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, in, in, uh, the, you I, know, we, oh, go ahead. Yeah. You've heard it over and over that the, this is the nicest group of people ever, you know, that everyone in the cast and the crew and, it, you know, it just, it, it, it's true. Yeah. It's true. They're incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I still have a theory, and my theory is that um, that all of this Chuck stuff wasn't necessarily just an accident, that that, that there is something magical about the, the people that got together to make this show, that, mm-hmm. uh, that they, they just had the right chemistry, not just on screen, but off screen. The chemistry in the writing room, the chemistry with the with the crew, the that they there was just something magical here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was partly there was a lot of respect. There's a lot of mutual respect, which makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. But also just a sense of fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know they they were all a bunch of goofballs. For for as glamorous and sexy as Yvonne is as Sarah. She's, you know, just so down to earth. She's totally one of the guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I've, I've seen her interacting with them on set, and she's totally one of the guys. And just adorable, mm. you know. And Zach, of course, he just kept, you know, on those long, long, long shoots. He's, I, I've never seen him out of energy. Mm. <laughs> ever. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen him after two hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. So that guy, you know, it, and it, it just it, it's and it's everywhere. It's you know the the makeup people are joking around and laughing with each other, and the extras over in the other room are having a good time. So it's just it's one of those, like you said, it, yeah, it, it's magical. It's one of those kind of lightning in a bottle type mm-hmm. of shows. Yep. Yeah. yeah, cool. And what a privilege to have been a part of the fandom. Yeah, 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 yeah. an absolute, absolute, absolute privilege. Um, so thank you for saying yes when I asked you if I wanted to do the podcast. <laughs> My first reaction was, what What's is a, a podcast? podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, how far we've come. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and big thanks to the viewers. Um, I mean, you guys have supported us in so many ways. Um, I mean, supported us with votes at Podcast Alley. I mean, this March is now the 40th consecutive month as the number one television themed podcast and january and february march isn't over yet but january and february we were in the world's top 10 out of ninety-two thousand podcasts worldwide which is I mean, amazing and that's all fans voting in and and i hate I'd, I'd love to put a plug to um this will be the last month for, for me ever to ask this to go to podcast alley look for Chuck versus the podcast and give one final vote for the month of March. And I'd love to just close out in the top 10. That'd be awesome. And if you've never voted for us, now's the time. Yeah. And could you, could you do it on my behalf? Because for some reason I'm not allowed to vote. Uh-huh. I try and try and I never get the confirmation email to confirm my vote. So mm. I do, do think it for me guys. I do think they sometimes have problems with their voting system. 
Um, if you haven't voted there, sometimes you get it. There's problems getting confirmed. Um, so especially if you have voted before, then it's we definitely need you to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, but thanks, thanks to I mean, there's tons of ways people have supported. I mean, we we've had tons of donations to the podcast that have helped at at really really crucial times where we were stuck for bandwidth and um, stuck for expenses, and people really came through to the tune of lots of money. Um, people have bought stuff through Chuckazon, like the Chuck DVDs. I, I think hundreds of people have bought the DVDs through Chuckazon, um, which if you've never heard of Chuckazon, that's chuckpodcast.com. Go to the buy support and there's a, a mini store just for Chuck related items. And you can still continue to support the podcast there. We'd love for you to do that because uh, we want the podcast to be up for a long time. Mm-hmm. But uh, people have, you know, followed on Twitter and just interacted and and, and been yeah. a part of things and and sent hundreds, actually thousands, thousands, I think, of, thousands yeah. of questions in. Um, that all questions means and comments and yeah. reactions and feedback. Yeah. So that it felt more like an interactive thing. It didn't feel like us sitting in a room. Mm. It felt like us talking to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, we've had a lot of people that have, um, commented on Twitter or on the website or emailed us privately and said, one of the things I'm going to miss so much about Chuck being over is the podcast. Mm. And that really touched us, you guys. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. really did. That so was unexpected that. to hear yeah. people say that they're going to miss the podcast as much as they're going to miss the show was wow. <laughs> yeah. Makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. It was. And is. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So, uh, do keep in touch. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Be- <laughs> 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 yeah. Yep. Melton Liz, keep in touch. And also, uh, Ed, if you've loved the podcast, stay in touch on Twitter, Facebook, website, everything, all that. We're around and we'll continue to be around. And, uh, and we'd love to keep interacting with you. And, and hey, if you hear about new shows, tell us and, Maybe we'll yep. find out first from you. Yeah. And, it, you know, if you go to checktv.net and you look on the sidebar, there's a newsletter sign up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it was going out weekly when there were, you know, when the show was on the air. But now that the show's over, that doesn't mean that there's not going to be, there aren't additional news items. There's not more going on. So if you want to make sure you don't miss anything, go sign up for the newsletter. And, you know, we'll, we'll send things out periodically. We won't spam you or anything. We're, you know, <laughs> like, you know, just once every few weeks, kind of a roundup of what's going on. If you don't have time to stop by the site um, and uh, and check out what's going on, just kind of a, a the top news, yeah. check related news. Um, and of course, the DVDs coming out May 8th, mm-hmm. season five DVD with all kinds of extras on it. And you know, there's going to be a lot of discussion about that. Yeah. So feel free to join us for, uh, for those extra eight minutes, eight Mm. minutes in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Can't wait to watch those eight minutes. Yeah. Um, you can get that at Chuck is on, um, and pre-order, pre-order. Yeah. Yeah, Pre-order, pre-order. Unless, unless you can time travel, but if you can report back, (laughs) (laughs) um, and mail at chuckpodcast.com. You can always send your thoughts and comments. And I, I would love to hear your comments as you rewatch Chuck um, and hopefully rewatch the, the podcast interviews along the way. Um, yeah. Send us we your thoughts a lot again. Of people say they were going to do that. Yeah. Or that they are already. And they are already. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. We're sort of, you know, we had a couple of people ask us if we would record 
commentary tracks for the DVDs <laughs> that go along with them. Um, we, well, I, that would be a really cool project, but unfortunately, I don't think we have the time for that. Yeah. But you know what? The thing is, we've kind of already done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is, you know, 107 episodes of this podcast. Yeah. So go back, start at the beginning. You'll have to go to chuckpodcast.com because um, iTunes only shows the first 100, but, or the, the most recent the 100. Most recent, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, start at the beginning and take the journey with us as you rewatch Chuck. Yep. Yeah, and listen to our awesome interview skills. See our journeys. See how we've grown and changed over exactly. the years. Yeah. Our character arcs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I guess uh, on that note, shall we say our sayonara? I guess so. That's it for us, Chucksters. I feel like I should pull my ear and start singing. Aren't you glad we had this time together? (laughs) Or say something really profound. Yeah. (laughs) I can't think of anything. You guys have been great. It's been a fun ride, an excellent ride. And uh, hey, you know, you never know. Maybe we'll sometime in the future, we'll get together and do this again on something else. Maybe, yeah. You just never know. Just Maybe never it'll know. be a Chuck movie. Maybe. Maybe. Special Chuck movie podcast. Yeah. Maybe. So, on that note, thanks so much. And uh, it's been a blast.